Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. This episode, we're going to go over the lessons, marketing lessons that we can learn from a 15-year-old musician. Hey, everybody, this is Chad Madden with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to be sharing a personal story with you. And uh, the story goes like this. So this is uh, early 2021. So my 15-year-old son walked into my office um, at home. And he was 15 at the time. And he said, Hey dad, I need a, can you set up a PayPal account for me? And if you're anything like I am, you know, that's huge red flags. And I said, listen, what are you buying? He said, well, I'm not buying anything. And he said, actually, somebody is paying me. And I said, oh, that's kind of weird. And you caught me off guard there. What, What are they paying you for? And he said, well, I did some work for them. And I said, well, who is it? And he said, um, it's, and then he like went through this explanation. He said, I don't know if you've heard of this person, but his name is Alex Tumay. I said, no, I, I've never heard of him. Who is he? And he said, well, do you know, Donald Glover, the actor and stand-up comedian, he has an alter ego, uh, childish Gambino, who's a rapper and had the 2018 song of the year, won a Grammy for it. Uh, it's called, this is America. And I said, yeah, what does this have to do with Alex Tomei? And he said, well, Alex Tomei produced that that song. And Alex actually won a Grammy for it as well. And I said, so how did you get connected with Alex Tomei? And he said, well, did you ever hear of Kenny Beats? And I said, no. And he said, well, I entered into this contest uh, on Kenny Beats. And I said, what, what is that? And he said, well, it's the largest, um, largest live streaming uh, electronic music production show that there is. And he said, though, there's like 20,000 people following the show. And Kenny beats is this musical producer who's kind of famous and, uh, or super famous. And he, so he gets on there and he said, you can compete in art or music. And he said, I, I ended up winning both. And, um, he said, you know, Alex is a friend of Kenny's and he, he went to him and asked him for a, a reference to do some work for him. And Kenny told him that it was me. And I said, hold on, man, like where, and if you understand a a little bit of this, so this is mainly happening in Kenny, from what I can see and Alex are primarily in New York city and Atlanta. And I was like, you're, you're in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, not even Harrisburg. You're really in Grandville, which is farm territory. And we live in an old farmhouse and how are you getting connected with these people? And so he showed me the show and, uh, you know, we swam upstream a little bit, paying attention to what he was doing. Um, and anyhow, he said, you, you know, I don't even know how much to charge them. And I said, well, do they know that you're 15 years old? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, how are you communicating with them? And he said, well, you know, and he started naming all, you know, various social media platforms that they were using discord and Twitch and, everything else. And he said, you know, we communicate that way. And then they have been texting me. And anyhow, the, in the end of the story, the, what happened is that, so my 15 year old 
son, now 17. His name is Quinn. He generated a lot of demand for his services. Um, and I would say, you know, definitely an, an outlier considering, again, that we live on a farm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, not necessarily the music capital of the world. And, um, you know, he, he was able to harness a lot of things that are easy to overlook. Yes, it's a cute little dad story, but I think there's a lot that we can learn from it. So I wrote down a couple lessons here and I want to share them with you because when I'm talking with owners, practice owners in today's market, it is uh, essentially if, if it boils down enough, if we go deep enough. So whether you know, you've lost a clinician or you couldn't compete with uh, the local hospital or healthcare system because one of your clinicians left or you can't attract the right clinicians um, or we have a, you know, you have a profit margin problem, whatever the largest problem is in your business, only one or two degrees away is th- something around respect, like n- feeling disrespected by the market, or it's an issue with how valuable you and your services are in the market. So again, I think we can take a look at it, what a 15 year old was doing in his bedroom and how he created demand for his own services and we can take it, the lessons, and apply it to our private practice. That is my hope for you in this episode. So number one, the, the biggest principle that stood out to me from this story is most people don't see the work. So you, you might guess that you know Quinn got very lucky, right? And I agree, there, there probably is some luck involved, right? He happened to pick the, you know, a show where the producer was well-connected. Right. And it happened to be one of the most popular shows. But what you don't see is the work. You know, what I didn't tell you is from the time he was five, six, or seven years old, um, he was taking literally weekly piano lessons. They they're now an hour and a half um from the same professional musician, Frank. Um, and the that by the time he was 12, that he had worked his way through all the music theory books. And Frank actually pulled us aside and said, listen. Um, I want you to understand a little bit about your son, but he is my second student ever who has worked through, you know, all the, the musical books here. And now we're getting into composing. And he said, you know, I, most kids, we try to get to practice 15 or 30 minutes a day. And we're lucky if they do that a couple times a week. And, and I said, yeah, that's not an issue. Quinn will like sit down and, you know, wormhole for three hours in playing music. He just, he loves it and he has a passion for it. And so you you didn't see that. And I didn't include that as part of the story initially. Right. And it's the same exact thing in private practice. We can hear somebody, um, you know, who has uh, a million dollar practice or $10 million practice or a hundred million dollar practice and dream and fantasize about all the benefits that they have in life. What we're usually unwilling to do is go back and look at what they were doing 20, 30, 40 years ago and the work that they were putting in, the delayed gratification that they had at that point um, in order to get where they're at today. And um, it's unfortunate because it's where the, the gold really is, is looking at the beginning of the story, seeing what they did then to create the success that they have um, today. And I'll share one other uh, quick story on that one. Um, I, I think Quinn was 12 or 13 and we were riding in the car. And um, if you heard when I was on uh, Ryan Payne's uh, podcast, uh, Pain Points of Wealth, the, 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 
the ending question that Ryan and Bob and Chris had asked was, you know, most influential uh, music album that you've, you know, the, or the album that influenced you the most um, in your life. And I said, uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. There is a song, I believe it's on uh, Dark Side of the Moon called Money. Oddly, when Quinn was 12 or 13, we were riding in the car. That song came on and out of the blue, he said, isn't this the Pink Floyd song that's in 7-4? And I said, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And um, sure enough, we looked it up and it was in 7-4 and he tried to explain to me and you know, he was like, listen, just listen to the song. And then he was like, one, two, three, you know, he counted to seven. And then he was like, yeah, quarter note gets up. And he was like, "It, yeah, this is definitely seven, four. Like that is something that um, even, you know, with the, the very brief musical uh, history that I had, you know, which was a few years of saxophone, a couple years of guitar, and I think one year of drums, uh, the, you know, I had, I could not hear that at all. And, and he was able to hear that. But um, again, it's how, you know, oftentimes we see the fruit of success and we perceive it as luck and we ignore the work that went into it. And again, with your practice, you know, in order for you to get where you want to be, oftentimes it's the, the daily grind, the boring stuff, you know, the, the writing, reaching out to patients, texting them, emailing them reaching out to referral sources, reaching out to businesses um, and strengthening those relationships in the community. It's, it's really the, the, the work that you don't see that, that is underneath, you know, it's the, you only see the tip of the iceberg and you, you want the benefits there while ignoring what, what's underneath the, the, the waterline, the, the stuff that you don't see. Big principle number two is uh, speaking of work, you know, there was a lot of failure. Um, the, you know, failure for Quinn and oddly, we were just talking about this the other day. Um, by the way, he would absolutely uh, not be happy with me. I'll have to ask for forgiveness, uh, if he ever hears this, but, uh, I think, again, I think it's a remarkable story with some really good principles behind it that can help you out. Um, he was talking about how many times that he entered the contest. So one for art on Kenny beats, and then another one for, um, actual music production. Um, but how many times he failed. And he talked about, you know, in the beginning, he just got on and listened. Um, then he started communicating as other people were entering the contest. These, I think the contests are live. Um, and then, uh, you know, exchanging. And then he started entering and not winning. And then eventually he won, right? And he talked about, uh, you know, working through failure. And I think a lot of us, um, you know, especially in private practice, we try something right? A single time. And we're basically exhausted and spent and we're never going to do that again. And again, that's unfortunate. I was just on a call here um, within the last hour with private practice owners. And when we were talking about this Jim Collins uh, principle of firing bullets and then cannonballs and what uh, the analogy, the story that Jim Collins tells is that, you know, if you're on a warship and you see the enemy approaching and you have a pile of gunpowder, what most businesses will do is they will take that entire pile of gunpowder and fire a cannonball. And when it misses the target of the enemy ship, they're basically out of luck, right? They're now exhausted. They've exhausted their resources, their time, money, and energy. And now they're pretty much defenseless. 
uh, they definitely, uh, you know, can't proceed, can't hit their goal. He said what a better strategy is and what a lot of businesses will do is they'll take a little bit of that gunpowder and they'll fire a bullet and then they'll see uh, where they missed the enemy ship, the target, and then they'll recalibrate the the gun, the rifle, right? And fire again and keep recalibrating, only using a little bit of energy, a little bit of gunpowder until they eventually hit the target, right? And then they fire a cannonball. And it's very much that way, you know, in in our practice. And also, you know, the same exact thing with working through failure, right? Many of us will say, okay, we're going to, you know, and this just came up on the call, you know, we're going to host a workshop. And we host the workshop that we've ever hosted in our entire private practice career. And one person shows up or nobody shows up. Right. And I'm sure we've all worked through that. And then rather than say, okay, what do I have to do to fill this up and recalibrate? And I thought, you know, I thought this media type was really going to do it for us. And I greatly misfired. Right. Or, I mean, the classic one is an open house, right? I put a lot into the event. I bought balloons. I bought cupcakes. I have flowers. I opened doors to my practice for this grand opening and seven people showed up, right? So we'll do something like that. We're completely exhausted. We've gone through our, our time, money, and energy, emotional resources, and now we're spent. We've spent up all of our, our gunpowder by firing cannonball and it didn't hit the target. We have to be more resilient than that. We have to take it as a learning experience, as a, a feedback from the marketplace that, you know, we're that it's not going to be as easy or that we missed marketing principles or whatever it might be. And, you know, Quinn in that conversation that I had with him, he talked about doing that. Like he noticed, he started noticing, you know, what the people that were doing uh that were winning, what they were doing. And he said, you know, many of them are professional uh electronic music producers. And, but he started paying attention to, you know, what was popular, what Kenny Beats really liked. And, you know, in the end, um, I think he was the only amateur uh, musician and producer ever that Kenny Beats played live. I know that was a a pretty big moment for uh, Steph, my wife and I, to hear Kenny Beats playing Quinn SoundCloud uh, on, on hit live on his show. That was pretty cool. And just, uh, just jamming out. To, to that. That was, that was great. But again, what most of us uh, don't see is the failure that preceded moments like that. The other one, uh, big principle number three is going where the attention is. And, you know, it, on that show, I, I believe there were 20,000 followers on Twitch. And I think that was the platform that was used. Um, the other thing that I noticed that Quinn did really well is he wasn't o- only active on the one to many, you know, there's a, basically a streaming chat on Twitch during the live show. So he was active in that, but then he ended up building an entire network of people that were in the business, right? Other professional uh, musicians and communicating with them one-on-one and uh, did that really well, you know, whether um, it was on Snapchat or texting or, you know, uh, some other sort of direct messaging, but he ended up building a, a network out of that. Um, so he went where the attention was, and then he ended up doing a lot of personal follow-up and individual conversations as well. Again, I think that's an important component of what we're doing in private practice. 
the the one thing that I've really picked up on recently in talking with owners is there is a poor discernment, poor differentiation in our minds uh, in marketing. And uh, I'll go through a quick example of what I mean here. So we essentially have three target markets. We have our patient list, past and present patients, where we get reactivated patients and we get word of mouth referrals. They're the two things that predominantly come out of the good efforts there. The next place is I'll call warm third-party referrals. It might be a physician, nurse practitioner, PA, podiatrist, dentist, et cetera, that's referring to you, or it might be a lookalike business, you know, a boutique gym that hosts you uh, for a lunch and learn or a large employer in your area that hosts you for a health fair. Um, all examples of lookalike business, warm third-party uh, referrals, right? And then the third target market that we have is the cold traffic market. So this is where we're doing you know, our meta advertising, our alphabet advertising on Google and YouTube, our TikTok advertising, and then our legacy media as well. And what we often do as practice owners is we mistake effort, which, and everything that I mentioned there, typically when we're talking about marketing is one to many. So running, you know, a direct mail piece that goes out to 80,000 homes, that's a one to many effort. Running, uh, a series of Facebook ads or Instagram ads, that's a one-to-many effort. Running uh, a patient newsletter that gets delivered to a thousand people, that's a one-to-many effort. We often mistake that for the one-to-one communication, which is significantly more valuable to our business, right? And if you, again, it's with the one-to-many, we're typically trying to capture attention. But once we capture that attention, just as Quinn did, then it's up to us to have those one-on-one conversations, which have to happen, right? So one-to-one human conversation, I send out a patient newsletter, somebody calls my office and they say, hey, you treated me for my shoulder, can you treat me for my knee? That has to happen either at the front desk with the marketing team or some sort of you know scheduling uh, marketing position, or ultimately with me as the clinician, or I'm ha- having that one-to-one communication. Other one-to-one communication can be an email, text like we do with Breakthrough and the, uh, the Breakthrough uh, system, and or it could be even like a handwritten card to a patient, you know, when they graduate our plan of care, and we're celebrating that, and we, you know, essentially send that person a handwritten letter or a personal email or a personalized text message that is specific to them. That's one-to-one. Right. So we have three different target markets in the the elementary example that I gave. We have a lot of effort into one to many um, type advertising. So, again, patient newsletters, uh, online, offline campaigns. And then we also have one to one communication and ignoring either component is going to greatly reduce the marketing effort that we have and also reduce the demand for our, our services. We have to have both moving forward, going into the marketplace, if we really want to, um, if we truly want to realize our potential uh, marketplace value. The, the other, uh, I, I have one other part of the story with Quinn uh, that I'll give just in terms of what he's done in uh, such a short period of time. It, it, it's cool to see. Um, but he, so uh, my wife, and I recently were talking, uh, th- I think it was actually over the Christmas holiday. And she said, um, you know, I want the Quinn just turned 17. It's time for him to get a job. He, you know, he doesn't spend money as like 
a pile of cash in his room just saved up and uh pretty low maintenance um and need to see but anyhow uh so great with money and i said well he, you know he he can work whenever he wants to work and he can do it online and in music and you know is there a happy medium here rather than going to hershey park or getting a job like that is there something that he can do that he's passionate about and i had a conversation with him and i said listen between now and the end of school do you think you could you know earn some money with the demand for your services that you have online like could you do some work and he said how much do you think i need to earn and i said a thousand dollars and he said mm, yeah i can do that and he said um actually there's this producer down in atlanta who's not alex to and he said uh he invited me down there but he said how do i get to atlanta and it, it just uh, <laughs> opened up this whole other conversation really cool to see and you know right now um even though he hasn't even graduated or completed his junior year in high school, you know, definitely demand for his services, put in the work, went through a lot of failure, uh, you know, definitely has some grit there, which is super cool to see and has created um, a, a high demand for himself very early or really even before his actual career um, is started here. And what I'm telling you is if you stick with those principles, you can do the same thing in your private practice, in your career, you can create increased marketplace demand for your services um, by uh, uh, applying these principles gradually over time and, and working through failure, putting in the work, and then also building networks, building lists, and having a lot of, uh, in the end, one-to-one -one valuable conversations. Hope you enjoy this story. And also um, you, you took hold of the principles, you remember the principles, and you put them into practice. And, uh, yeah, again, I hope you enjoyed this, um, as much as I enjoyed making it for you and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks everybody. See ya. Are you a practice owner with a growth mindset? You're looking to grow your revenues, leave a bigger impact, build a legacy and help more people in your practice. Yet at the same time, you're dealing with the big challenges and headwinds like declining reimbursements, increased cost of doing business because of inflation, how to incentivize your staff or deciding where's the best place to run your online ads. Growing a practice can be absolutely overwhelming. To help, Breakthrough has put together a unique offer that I think you'll be interested in. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast can schedule a risk-free growth consultation with a Breakthrough Growth Expert. On that call, you walk through what you're currently doing in your practice and what you could be doing to increase the demand for your services. Breakthrough's mission is to help people overcome their health challenges naturally. And the best way for them to do that is by helping private practice owners just like you through building more demand for your services. Go to breakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer to take advantage of this unique opportunity. On that call, You'll learn the key principles of how practice owners are helping more people, creating a bigger impact, and building better businesses with Breakthrough Systems. As an added bonus, the team at Breakthrough is giving a $50 Amazon gift card to any of the podcast listeners who attend the growth consultation. Sign up for your growth consultation and $50 gift card at getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Again, that's getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Remember to visit GetBreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, 
Make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.